Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, um, uh, well, um, uh, um, well, um, 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 oh man, it is what it is. morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to Tassie, it's the bearded one, Matasha Hot Boy. Trey Kirby. Hey-o. Hey-o. And last but not least, making the magic happen, we got two super producers today, J.D. and Eshua Kid. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're just making noises. We're doing good. How y'all doing? Doing good. Doing good. All, All right. right. Nice. Everybody's good. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. We love to see it. Comment away. Some fun tangents going on while they're waiting for us to go live this morning. Like the vid if you haven't. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. We have hit 60,000. We're on our way to 70K. Let's do it by the end of this week. Let's go. <laughs> few programming notes. New Is This Good podcast. It went up yesterday. Dropped it on a Monday. The Ringer's Big Waz. Joining Matteo and JD to discuss surprise parties, third wheeling with couples, sneaking snacks into a movie theater. I haven't listened to this yet, but if somebody is down on that, <laughs> I'm going to have a problem. So go check out Is This Good you can watch it on YouTube. It's available on Apple, Spotify, wherever you download and listen to podcasts. Just search for Is This Good uh, with Matty O there. Also, this is really fun. Big announcement here in the No Dunks world. No Dunks is back going live. Live show, Salt Lake City, All-Star Weekend. We have our date. We have our location. And tomorrow, you'll be able to buy tickets. Friday, February 17th, 8 p.m. local time. What is it, mountain time out there in Salt Lake City? I'm not sure. they got mountains. Uh, we will be performing at the Urban Lounge. And uh, I guess uh, from the looks of this uh, promo asset we have here, we might be playing a little jazz. Bring your pork pie hat. Okay. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Um, again, tickets are going to go on sale tomorrow. Uh, if you're in Salt Lake City for All-Star Weekend or if you live there, come and uh, join us for a live show. It'll be our first live show since Chicago. 2020 at All-Star Weekend, which was a banger of a show. That's a great show. And we were like, all right, man, we're riding high. We can't wait to do one of these every month. <laughs> and it took uh, three years to get back there, but hopefully it's just as fun as it was in Chicago there in Salt Lake City on uh, Friday, February 17th. It'll be fun. Definitely going to be fun. I mean, I don't know if anybody's going to be there, but we'll be there. <laughs> we'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there will be uh, – we'll get into it in, in, in more detail once the tickets are actually available for sale. But there will be some VIP tickets, like if you want to do the old meet and greet and hang with us, uh, I guess, pre-show mm. before that live show. Anyway, we'll get into that later in the week when we have real tickets to sell you. Uh, also, tomorrow night, NBA Watch Party on playback, January 18th. That is Wednesday. Uh, we're going to start with Trey Young versus Luka Doncic, uh, ESPN game. Yeah. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, around 7.30 uh, Eastern time. Then we'll bounce around because there's tons of games on tomorrow night. Playback. The link is available in the uh, show notes there. If you haven't signed up for an account, it's free. And then you log in with like whatever your subscription service is, International League Pass, Xfinity, Hulu, It's YouTube, a perfect time blah, blah, blah. for Trey versus Luca too. Yeah, sure. Sure. All Hawks fans. Angry with management. <laughs> Hawks Angry are winning at least right office. now. That's good. Good They're time winning-ish. Uh, yeah, good time to go up against Luca. All right, well, we are here this morning to recap the uh, NBA MLK Day action. There were a lot of games on yesterday. Good job on the timing of the games, I thought. I liked how they were spaced out. I wish we get... You know what? Look, I'm going to say Because we don't have a job, a real job, like normal people. <laughs> I wish this happened once a week, where it was just like matinee games on, <laughs> games on all day. 
Again, we're just, we do a show and go home and then just start thinking and reading about basketball and watching basketball and stuff like that. So, like, I would love more matinee games. I'm sure the international people would, too. Better times. Yeah. I like them at night, personally. Do you? Yeah. I got stuff to do during the day. What are you doing yesterday? What did you have to do yesterday? Uh, drive home from a camping trip, unpack the car, make food for kids, entertain children. There's a lot to do yesterday. Why would you have children? That was your first one. <laughs> no, okay. That makes sense. You're right. People got stuff to do, but I enjoyed the games yesterday. I thought we had some fun ones to get into. So I got some questions for you guys. First one is just what was your favorite game from NBA MLK Day 2023? Not only were there good matinee games, Skeets, they just picked good matchups yesterday. I'm saying. Uh, the fact that they picked Minnesota versus Utah, mm-hmm. uh, Rudy Gobert, the center of Utah's past, versus Walker Kessler, the center of their future. Did they know that when they traded Rudy <laughs> Gobert for Walker Kessler and Patrick Beverly and Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt and picks? Nah, they had hoped, I'm sure, that Walker Kessler was going to be good. But yesterday, Walker Kessler was awesome against Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert left in the first quarter, had some groin issues. But Walker Kessler just was so solid. A 2020 game. That doesn't happen often for rookies in the NBA. Last rookie to do it, 2014. First time it's happened in Utah Jazz franchise history. And you think of him as a guy who doesn't have much of an offensive game but I thought yesterday uh, against the Wolves in a, in a close win he was showing that he can be that guy in the short roll short, the, catching those passes firing to guys in the corner he kind of fooled Kyle Anderson once with a little hesitation uh, he's got some moves and he was pissed actually just going back to their previous game they lost to the 76ers in a close one because that's what the Jazz do. Joel Embiid hits a game winner over Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler was mad in the locker room afterwards, just seething, thinking to himself, I should have blocked that shot. Even though it was a fadeaway, classic Joel Embiid, which is a classic Dirk, he thinks he should have blocked that shot because he does block a lot of shots. Since he entered the starting lineup for Kelly Olenek, who left uh, with an injury about four games ago, he's averaging 13 and 13, three blocks, 69% shooting. Nice. And he's looking a lovely. Yeah, a, a great game for them. They, they they win a close one down the stretch. They always lose close ones. Uh, Anthony Edwards, I thought, was, did the smart thing. He got into the paint and he looked for Jaden McDaniels in the corner, found him. Wide open three. He missed it. Uh, that would have given the Wolves a win. But just a nice draw by the NBA schedulers. <laughs> nice draw. Kessler. Right there. Versus Rudy. <laughs> and apparently, according to uh, Tony Jones of The Athletic, after the game uh, in the hallways, they saw each other and Rudy Gobert congratulated mm-hmm. him. He's like nine years younger than him. And the talk is amongst Jazz fans would we trade Walker Kessler for Rudy Gobert straight up right now? <laughs> I know, I saw this. I think the answer is no. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't like to jump to conclusions, but jump. Jump all the way there. Walker Kessler is. Very, very, very solid for them. And he's he's just an a-hole to play against. Uh, he's very, very long. And I think he's going to get better offensively. All right. Danny, you did it again, man. There you go. Jazz Wolves, your favorite uh, game of MLK Day. Yeah, but it was one point line. victory there. Uh, they were down 10 in the fourth quarter. Jazz were, like you said, rallied to get into it. And he was huge. 20 points, 21 rebounds. That's a lot of roast beef. There it is. That guy looks like he just eats a lot of roast beef to me, too. <laughs> Only beef. Yeah, doesn't he? <laughs> Straight beef. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't breakfast. want to see his angry face. No, no. His happy face is wild. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that one. I'm glad we're starting with that. Do you have another one that was uh, a favorite game there from yesterday? Skeets, you know I love a tale of two halves. Okay. Okay. Had one here in Atlanta, mm. Hawks versus Heat. I feel like these two teams, despite the fact they only play each other four times a season, they really play each other 12 times a year. <laughs> it does feel like Hawks versus Heat. This one was interesting because the Hawks got up big time in the first half. They have had a problem hanging on to leads throughout this season, and the Heat made a great run at it in the second half. They eventually cut the lead to five on a Victor Oladipo dunk, but DeJounte Murray hit a huge three, a dagger to answer. Uh, Ended up with 12 points in the fourth quarter. Did Murray. Big games by Trey Young, who had a whole bunch of turnovers as well, unfortunately. And DeJounte Murray. A.J. Griffin, I thought, had an awesome first half for the Hawks. They had a great first quarter. He came in, scored, I think, 12. Um, In the second quarter, didn't score (laughs) in any of the remaining three quarters, but it doesn't matter. Three straight wins for the Hawks. That's their best win streak of the season. They're at 500 right now. Yep. Feels like there's still a lot of turmoil around, but that's a game that the Hawks have lost a lot of times already this season where they get off to a big lead. The better team, looking at it objectively, makes a comeback, and they're not able to respond to the response from the other team. But they definitely came back and 
got the game back under control in the fourth quarter, and a large part of it was because DeJounte Murray was playing so well. Yeah, and and look, I mean, it's who they're playing and beating there yesterday that's important too. Like, they're right there with the Heat yeah. as one of these teams trying to get out of the play-in to catch the Knicks and stuff like that. So, you know, to win that, to pull yourself within a game and a half of Miami, who's currently in the seventh spot, then you got the Pacers there at eighth, Hawks now in ninth, Bulls right behind them at tenth, a couple games back, Raptors, you know, we'll get to them in a second, I'm sure, very entertaining game against the Knicks where they uh, pulled it out in, in overtime. But, yeah, that was like... A lot of Hawks games this season, they they lose that one oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, they, yeah. We've talked before about like they seem to lack some fight at times, but yeah, got back and got the job done. And Dejounte Murray is actually, I mean, there's been a, a lot going around surrounding this team with with obviously Trey Young as your superstar and the John Collins trades and are you moving off your coach? He's like he hasn't been amazing. I, I don't want to go overboard, but he has been solid. I think as of late, Dejounte Murray may be finding his role a little bit better here with Atlanta. Good win here from the Hawks. Kaka! I'll drop a kaka on you. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, because they haven't had a good season. Feels like this three-game win streak, although they've had one additional three-game win streak, is uh, despite the turmoil, it's the best they played in a long time uh, this season. So, yeah, they started 4-1, uh, and one, but it feels like forever ago. And if, if I can they rally? Can you start to believe? Anyways, perfect time for a, a Luca versus Trey Young Wednesday night matchup. There you go. Good job, ESPN, uh, <laughs> penciling that one in. Uh, I will go with my favorite game uh, because it was very entertaining, not just because I'm a homer, but the Raptors-Knicks game, uh, Toronto pulling it out in overtime. Just a wild game. The Knicks were up pretty significantly with about five minutes to go in MSG. It looked like they were going to take care of business. Toronto surges back, 12-3 run. Van Vliet making... Big play after big play. Then he made one of the most boneheaded plays I've seen this season, especially from a guy like Van Vliet, who usually knows time and score and all that. He just fouled Jalen Brunson purposely in the backcourt with, like, less than 20 seconds to go as if the Raptors were behind. Like, he thought, we got a foul absolutely to get the ball back, but they were tied. So that was bad. Uh, Also bad, giving up a hell of a dunk by R.J. Barrett. Going coast to coast in six seconds, you know, turning the corner on Scotty Barnes. He probably got fouled, too. Scotty Barnes' offhand was on R.J. Barrett, but he powered through, dunked it, and that got us into overtime. Then finally, O.G. Ananobi stepped up, hit some threes, two timely threes, but it's the Raptors, so nothing is easy. They nearly give it away at the end of overtime. I think they were up six with not a lot of time left and uh, some turnovers, some missed free throws, and it ended with Jalen Brunson having a shot at the end there, a really good look, too, to, uh, to uh, you know, extend this game. Or would that put up? Were they were down two? Yeah, they were down two. That would have won the game. Jalen Brunson, if he had splashed that three. But he missed it, and the Raptors held on for the victory. After a 3-3 three and three homestand, they really just beat the Hornets. <laughs> they beat the Blazers, too, but That's good, had though. some disappointing performances. Locks to the Hawks in, in, a, in a bad one on the weekend. But they need every, every win they can have right now, and they... Pulled it out. And it's, it, we would definitely be focusing on the Fred oh. boneheaded move and the Scotty Barnes boneheaded move, shooting that free throw and allowing R.J. Barrett to go by and playing his right hand for some reason when R.J. Right. Barrett is yes. a left-handed Good player. Call. Just, just sitting on it and letting him go left for a monster dunk. That happens too much in the NBA. Just that last-second guy gets to the rim. I think that's one of my most annoying just, uh, things where I, that annoys me, just guys getting to the rim. In such situations like that, happens a lot. Anyway, we shouldn't be talking about that with Scotty Barnes because Scotty Barnes had his best game in a long time. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was forceful. Yeah. And he's just making things happen. It was the exact same Scotty Barnes replica of last year where he, he wasn't called, uh, it was, the play wasn't called for him quite often, but he made an impact getting his hands on the ball, making things happen, just being around the ball at all times. I'm not sure if it's the new hairdo which looks cool, uh, but I think that was uh, a big part of <laughs> like there's there, there's no way uh, the Raps win this game without Scotty Barnes doing what he did. He was 
great. It felt it felt like a flashback there yeah. for a sec. He's actually playing the best basketball definitely of his season uh, over the last couple of games. So that is a bright spot there for the Raptors, despite again, like I said, going three and three on that homestand, which a lot of people thought, ooh, this might make or break their season. We'll get into some trade rumors later. CJ McCollum was saying things on his podcast. He was hearing rumblings ooh. about the Raptors. That got everybody fired up because he's the president of the Players Association. Should he be saying that? We'll get into that a little bit later. But a very entertaining game there. Uh, in MSG between the Knicks and the Raps. All right, next question from yesterday. Best play, I guess besides the R.J. Barrett, coast-to-coast dunk to tie the game uh, with uh, less than a second to go. Again, I think he was fouled. What would you go with besides that? Jason Tatum's last three-pointer. Oh, I have that down too. Gave him 51 points, got MVP chance in Charlotte, and after the game, he gave credit to Jamal Crawford mm-hmm. for getting to 50. He said, Jamal texted me after a game when I had 49. He's like, if you're ever that close to 50, nobody's going to remember the time and score. They're just going to report if you got 50 <laughs> or not. That's what was going through my mind. Jamal telling me, if you get that close to 50, go get it. I thought that was awesome because there is no reason for Jason Tatum to shoot that last shot. Mm-hmm. That is against every single unwritten rule <laughs> in the game, but he basically hit three back-to-back-to-back jacks, three-pointers to go from, I guess, 42 points to 51 points. When the Celtics needed the first couple of them, they didn't necessarily need the last one. I thought it was a sort of a professional win for the Celtics. They got out to a huge lead. They took their foot off the gas. The Hornets came back, and the Celtics just strung those pearls together. They made free throws. They had a bunch of offensive rebounds, and then they hit Tatum hitting three straight threes. Pretty good timing, all-star voting-wise. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Willie, Willie, hold on to one of those uh, he should. starting front court spots. Start I think he game. probably will, too. Uh, this definitely wasn't the game of the day, but because Eric Collins, Hornets broadcaster, was on the call, it was almost game of the day for me. <laughs> because when Tatum hit it, even though he's on the opposing team, Eric Collins just yelled out, everyone knew in the building that he was going to shoot it, and you still <laughs> couldn't stop him. And then, as you said, those three shots in a row, the first one, Eric Collins just went, Ah! That's all he did. <laughs> Just made that noise. He was hot. He was as hot as Jason Tatum, I thought. There was a point earlier in the broadcast, Eric Collins said, there are three Williams on the floor. All I got to do is say Williams, and it's a 30% <laughs> chance I got it right. And the, the Celtics missed. Mark Williams had a push-ahead opportunity, Mark. and he and he dunked on Robert Williams. Yeah. Williams scores on top of Williams! It was perfect timing. Literally, PG said, there's three Williams on the floor. Collins was giving it. First game of the day, he brought the energy. Yeah, it was the lone game there for a little bit yeah, yeah. To, to start it off, that matinee game. Yeah, he was on Way fire. to go, Eric. Way to go, Eric. And uh, great job there by uh, Jason Tatum. 50 high, season high, 51 points. Is it the, I think I, I read it's maybe the seventh time? I think that's right. He's done 50 points in his career already, Wow. which is, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, what do you got for best play, though? Anything else? I, I, I'm kind of lumping in a bunch of plays the Draymond Green situation in Washington because okay. the Wizards at home to the the Warriors who stink on the road. They're four and seventeen on the road coming in. They just gave up forty three to Vucevic uh, and the Bulls. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and and so it didn't look good. They're down in the fourth against the Wizards, but Draymond Green came to life because of a couple fans sitting behind the scores table. They poked the Draymond Green bear, and he just came through. He had a couple threes in the fourth, eleven points overall. Four assists, a steal, uh, and an assist. Those fans were basically they're they're they were saying, "You're not in the Hall of Fame. There's no chance you're in the Hall of Fame." <laughs> and and that got to him to the point that affected him so much to the point that Warriors brass was there because they're going to the White House today, Tuesday, and so all of the Warriors front office was there. Right. And, and according to Anthony Slater of the Athletic, Bob Myers and Mike Dunleavy Jr. of the front office, they went to these two fans and they said, "Hey." Uh, do you want to join us on our trip to Boston? Because literally, if you get there, we will put you courtside. Because you got them going. Yes, we need you. <laughs> and that's kind of the sad thing about the Warriors. Well, those guys declined, by the way. They weren't going to pay for the travel. They were going to pay for the tickets, I guess, and oh, they declined. They should have paid for the travel, too. Uh, yeah, for Warriors sure. Warriors got yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> they may millions. have Unlike us, they may have real jobs they got to get. Oh, to, yeah, so, yeah, I yeah. don't know. Uh, but that's the sad thing about this Warriors team. Again, they're, they came in 4-17 and 17 on the road. Yeah. They do need stuff like that to get them going. Even though Curry and Poole combined for 73 in this game, they needed somebody else to step up. And Draymond Green did that offensively, defensively. I'm not convinced that this Warriors team can just turn it on in the playoffs. I I don't know if they have that spark. 
sometimes it just need, it just takes two guys saying you're not going to the Hall of Fame uh, to to get them a road victory. It literally that's what it was. Don't you, what don't you think we have selective memory with these things, these incidences? There must be other games where Draymond went like 0 for nine. Oh, totally. And people were barking at him three rows back. You're never gonna make the Hall of Fame. You stink. And like we don't hear a peep out of that. It's not like Draymond after the game or on his podcast goes, man, those guys got me. They, they got it. Really they got my head. head. I couldn't shoot, couldn't score, so kudos to them. I we only so. hear the ones where, you know, fan fired up player X and that yeah. that really got, you know, we've seen it with LeBron before and, you know, Raptors fans for sure barking at him and stuff like that. I just think it's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, but apparently the entire Warriors front office knew it was happening. You don't get that. Yeah, you're often, right. Right. right? That it must have been good hecklers. Is, I mean, what yeah, we're getting at. Because yeah. yeah. he wasn't complaining about what they were saying either. No, he no. was, like, giving them credit for solid trash talking, yeah. <laughs> which I think is good. Um, I will say Draymond gave, did give Celtics fans credit last year in the finals when he was playing terrible, and it was F you, Draymond, from the entire right, crowd. He's right. like, that was messing with me. Oh, but then okay, Steph okay. responded for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got yeah, this. it was a little different. Don't worry. Well, it was also like, I mean, like you said uh, – the Celtics playing in Charlotte and people like cheering MVP Tatum. for Tatum and like Celtics fans travel like they're in every arena. There's a lot of them, especially the Hornets have won like 11 games. So I get it. Uh, I felt like that was happening also with Curry and the Warriors in Washington there yesterday, too. There was a large contingent of Warriors fans or at least maybe Wizards fans cheering for Steph Curry. Uh, a couple of the bombs he hit and, uh, you know, they were showing up for them too on the road. A lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> Steph has done some uh, work in Washington before. Isn't that where he had his – he had a monstrous – was it 11-3 game? 12 it? It, lo- it felt like he was going for the record oh. in Washington, I, I feel like, this, a few years ago. They just respect him. <laughs> yeah. How can you yeah, he's the greatest. You come out to he's see the him there. Uh, I'm going to go with a weird best play from yesterday. It was in a blowout game. The Grizzlies extended their – season high winning streak to 10 games I feel like this is like gone completely under the radar mm-hmm. that the Grizz have won 10 straight they're right there with the Nuggets still at the top of the West uh, 136-106 win over the very shorthanded Phoenix Suns no Booker still no Chris Paul all that but did you see the play where John Morant he went off in the third quarter this is a nationally televised game he's going to show out he takes over in the third quarter and then after a pull up jumper over Suns guard uh, Saban Lee John Morant he fell to the floor he sort of bounced up like onto his onto his ass, pointed with his right arm, and then he started pumping his arms back and forth, talking to the camera, basically saying, he can't guard me, he can't guard me, which is very true. Saban Lee doesn't have much of a chance against John Morant. But just, you know, this guy's a showman. And some people hate the Grizzlies for all the dancing pregame and the way they carry themselves, not having won a title yet and all that, but... I mean, I don't care. I love it. At least he's making like a 30-point blowout game somewhat entertaining, giving us a highlight, giving us a clip on a jumper, just telling the world he can't guard it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was the one game I didn't really have a take on. No. But I saw that as well. It's like, John Moran is awesome, and he's a highlight a minute. Both him and Desmond Bain had more points than minutes played yesterday. The Phoenix Suns are cooked. Yeah, yeah. They've got some... Uh... Well, they may have maybe some decision-making here as we get closer to the deadline. I mean, I'm still trying to trade, trade yeah. Crowder, but when is Booker back is where we're at with this season. I don't even know at this point if this guy comes back. Could he save them and, and get their season back on track? Be asking a They're lot from them. right now. That's wild. I know. They dropped in a hurry. In a, in a hurry. 8 of 10 or something? Now they're, they're 12th, right? but aren't they probably yeah, a handful of games back? Yeah, it's toy right now still. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what the update is on Booker. It's not – he ain't coming back next week. I think he's maybe being reassessed. I think it's another re-evaluated. week to be reevaluated. Yeah. But I also liked the highlight from Ja where he was going left. It looked like he tripped and fell down and still somehow finished with the lefty yeah, layup. Yeah. Just cool. Like I the body fell control. over. <laughs> <laughs> fell over and they couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. That you know, the schedulers, one flub. Didn't work out. <laughs> well, Booker sure. was out. What are you going to do? Hey, pre- it looked pre-season, good on paper. that looks great on paper. Yeah. It looks great on paper. Yeah. And and you mentioned the Grizzlies' 10-game win streak. The Nuggets, a six-game win streak atop the Western Conference. Those two teams, although there's a, a glut further down, are separating mm-hmm. themselves from third. Full four and a half games, five in the loss column over the third place Pelicans. Oh, there you go. I think so the, the, the Celtics are the same in the East, too, right? Yes. They're four and a half now up on uh, the Nets and Bucks that are still trying to chase them there so some separation happening here in the standings at least at the top uh final question from nba mlk day what was the biggest question mark for you after watching all the games watching maybe a particular team a player whatever who wants to get us started okay i got a weird one okay kevin love 
during a break and play, slapped the butt <laughs> of Larry Nance as hard as he possibly could. And Larry Nance complained to the ref, hey, that's a foul. Literally, hey, that's a foul, twice. And my biggest question mark is, is it a foul? Should it be a foul? As, the, well, the, a guy did not enjoy the butts. The he playful did not. butt slap. Yeah. yeah. But uh, number one, it was a hard butt slap. Number it was two, a very hard butt slap. <laughs> they are former teammates, so there is some love there. Yeah. But the third thing is, he didn't like it. <laughs> he definitely did not like it. You imagine they went and checked that out with uh, Sakakis and talking to, it's not Borgia anymore, but whoever is there in the, uh, in the control center, Monty, in his bow tie. <laughs> We gotta break down how hard the slap is, whether the player receiving the slap actually liked it. Yeah, if you like it, it's fine. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He hated it. Uh, so, that's my question. But it wasn't, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it wasn't, like, the ball was not live yet, no. right? It was before the inbounds? No, they're waiting. So what happens if I playfully slap your ass during gameplay? <laughs> While you're dunking. <laughs> oh, that's a foul. That that's a foul. foul. Could, too dangerous in okay. that scenario. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a, it seems like a flagrant one to me. <laughs> Unsportsmanlike? Unsportsmanlike. Reckless. reckless no. Excessive. In today's NBA, I agree. Oh, my God. You that's how soft we are. We okay. can't even slap each other in the ass anymore. Flagrant half. <laughs> new one new cheek category. Cheek, yeah. If you get yeah, both exactly. cheeks, it's a flagrant you one. You are, as the one who gets slapped, you are entitled to slap back. Um, like Reggie Evans and Grant Hill back in the day. Oh, yeah. You should be allowed, if somebody slaps you too hard on the butt, you should be able to slap them back 10% harder. We have, now that you say that, we have seen text handed out, or at least text, right, handed out for playful Mm. slapping. Wasn't there a Vince Carter, Mo Pete? Oh, yeah. Mo Pete got tossed for a playful slap. Yeah, it was a playful slap. Yeah. (laughs) All right. The, the, The officials need to know the history between the players and. What's been happening, you know, place prior right. here to the build-up to the butt yeah. slap? <laughs> yeah, I think the ref- Plus, it was a very aggressive butt slap from <laughs> yeah. Kevin Love. I'll give I you think that. the referee knew that on the scouting report. <laughs> he knows these guys are former teammates. <laughs> so you gotta know. So yeah, there's no Kevin Love lost, but uh, uh, you gotta. Yeah, yeah, that was flagrant. I think that was wow! Wow! This he hated. Was... It. He didn't. He, he, he was really mad. About it. What's the question mark you got from yesterday's action? I gotta set you a scene here first before I can ask you a question. All right. Guess what? It's already two questions. Okay. Jabari Smith Jr. came oh, yeah. up to LeBron James in the middle of Lakers versus Rockets and told LeBron that his father, Jamari Smith, senior now, played against LeBron in his first game. Both LeBron. And JBJ, you think that'll catch on for Jabari Smith Jr.? No. Uh, JSJ, I guess. Yeah. They both said it no. made LeBron feel old. LeBron then went out and scored 48 points against the Rockets, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah. So here's the biggest question marks to me. First, Jabari Smith Sr. didn't actually get in the game. Right, Ooh. right. He was a DMP. He was a DMP for the Kings way back when in 2003. So does that count? And second of all, <laughs> should you just wait till after the game to tell LeBron? That you play that his dad, that your dad played against him. Uh, I say, okay. I say, you go for it when you have the opportunity. Yeah. Because you never know. Post game, LeBron's being yanked everywhere. You may not have an opportunity. Okay. Yeah, that's a cool ass moment. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's now, now the part where his dad actually didn't play in the game. I want to know if dad just didn't tell the full details to son, because it's like, uh, you know, it's it's like it's a bit of a lie. Yeah. But there's some truth to it. I mean, I assume he suited. I assume he was in uniform Uni, for that yeah. game. Just he never just got onto the taste. floor there back in uh, LeBron's first game. Mm, but, but that he didn't play. He didn't play against him in his first game. I think he did play against him later in his could be could in, be in yeah. That yeah. makes it better. I think it's fine. Team. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Yeah, but he, he was on the bench. <laughs> yeah, but he, he warmed up. Yeah, I think it's okay. But it's no different than saying, I guess if like you were sitting courtside, like uh, oh come on. Uh, well, what, what do you mean? Uh, he was on the team. <laughs> He's not a fan. Well, it's no different than an assistant coach then saying it. No. He's on he the team. He was on the team. Or a ball boy well, okay, saying Okay, so it. What's the, let's say Jabari Smith got in in crunch time. Or, I'm sorry, in garbage time. Yeah. The game was over. And LeBron wasn't on the floor. Yeah. Did he play against them? No. Well, well ooh, that's really, really a technicality then. Yeah. <laughs> He's on the team. It's okay. okay. And he played against that's them good. later in his career or later in the season. Totally cool. Okay. Nice fib. It was nice. I like that we caught that was caught on uh, Mike at least. Yeah, that was cool. Little exchange. Very cool. And LeBron's response was pretty funny too. Yeah, like the God, I'm old type. Yeah, <laughs> legitimately old. But uh, he also had 48 points, eight rebounds, nine assists on the second night of a back-to-back after he had 35 against the Sixers. That was a tough loss. 
for LA against uh, Philadelphia. But yes. A nice bounce back for LeBron. And if he's playing, he's what? Let me do some math here. 83 points in back to back nights. This is he's counting down right now. Break. Yeah, exactly right. He's he just uh, joined the thirty-eight thousand point club as yep. well after yep. this weekend. Over the weekend, well, I had as my biggest question mark. <laughs> it's a it's a much I guess a bigger picture question than than you had there with the Jabari incident. But like, how much longer can LeBron keep doing this? Because this this is oddly an overlooked story, and I know it's going to start ramping up here as he gets closer and closer to beating Kareem's record. He's only three hundred and sixteen points shy of surpassing Kareem now. And uh, if he keeps up his, like, basically 30 points per game average and he doesn't miss any time due to injury or taking rest, he'll break it in, like, February 7th or, like, 9th or something like that. Like, probably that little home stretch there against OKC or Milwaukee if he keeps up this pace and he doesn't miss games. If he misses some games, maybe it comes a little bit later. But my point is, like, I think Chris Branch wrote about this in The Athletic um, Pulse, that great newsletter that goes out. Get to yourself an athletic subscription, theathletic.com slash no dunks. He wrote, Kristen, we tire of the LeBron news cycle. I get it. It's even more excruciating when his team isn't great, which the Lakers are still pretty low there in the standings. But LeBron is 38 years old and playing like a top 10 player in the league right now. I mean, you could probably even go higher than top 10. But anyway, we shouldn't lose sight of how absurd that is. Just because he makes it look normal doesn't mean it is normal. 48 points. Like, this is his third 40-point performance since turning 38. Like a week ago, or, or three weeks ago, excuse me. This is, I, I know it's LeBron, so it just all washes over us at this point, but this is nuts, really, what he's doing here. Yes. 48 points. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's one of the greats. What can you say? Compare <laughs> him to Chris Paul. Like, Chris Paul has fallen apart as he's right. gotten to be at exactly LeBron's age. As everybody else does, too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a, a special month of watching LeBron try to score 40-plus every single night. Yeah. Keep yeah. doing it. It also gets a little diminished just because we're in this scoring influx here. Yeah, I guess. I, I think that's part of it. It's just these the numbers wash over us because the numbers are just washing over us. But he's the best 38-year-old ever. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think with the people start comparing, oh, Jordan, Jordan came back, and the Kareem, and the Carl Malone. Yeah. But it ain't true. Uh, he's rocking it. And good reports that Anthony Davis is – Starting to smell uh, the possibility of coming back on the court. <laughs> yeah, not quite there, but he's sniffing, <laughs> sniffing it. Sniffing it. This was, uh, just to slip this in here, fun tweet from uh, our guy from the score days, uh, Drew Fairservice. Baseball guy. Wow. Writing yeah. about basketball last night. Wow. tweeting, LeBron's first game was so long ago, just four players attempted a three that night, and only two hit one. <laughs> last night's Lakers-Rockets game, 18 different players registered a three-point attempt. That's how long this guy's been playing. Yeah. Wow. I, I saw I saw the list of uh, father sons he's played against. Did you guys see it? Oh no, I didn't. He's played Ken, against K, well KJ. I mean KJ Martin and then Kenyon. That's Martin. one yep. of them. Yep. 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 And then obviously Jabari. Jabari uh, is Smith. one of them. So there's another one, two, three, three players. Tim Hardaway. I don't Did see Tim Hardaway not? on the list. Wow. Did the Curry's? Um, Did you get the Curry's? Dell. I don't think he played I don't against Dell. So. That was close. Um. Two of them, two of these oh, father sons good. share a first name with Tass's alter ego. Oh, Gary. <laughs> we got a Gary. Double Garys. Gary Trent. Gary Trent. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Gary Trent Sr., Gary Trent Jr. We have another set of Garys? You, yes, we do. Holy crap. Yeah. Gary Harris's All-star, father? Uh, no. Hall of Famer uh, is the dad. Payton's. Oh, mm. the Payton's. Gary's wow. Payton. Wow. And the Jaron Jackson's? Uh, not no, but cl- close on the name for the oh. son for the other player could be an all star. It'll be between him and Jalen uh, Brunson, Jalen and, and Rick, Rick. Mm. Jalen oh. and he's Rick. played some Garys, Rick. <laughs> wow, <laughs> all the old names. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Very good. One. Yeah, he's played a long time. <laughs> Twenty seasons. Yeesh. It's wild that he still looks like LeBron of like. I mean, he looks like LeBron of of seven. Six? He doesn't. He doesn't look. What do you the mean? Same. He I mean, still attacks, he, throws down. He and... does. He doesn't jump as high. He's not as fast. Wow. I mean, well, okay. you're yeah, saying he yeah, looks no. like the LeBron of past. He looks like a 38 year old version of LeBron. We haven't seen a version. I like don't this. think he looks that much different than a 33 year old version of LeBron. Is my mm, point. Not I not do. the 25 year old, but all right. Dude could fly amazing. in the Heat days. Still. Cool. Um, let's take our first break. That was our NBA MLK Day recap. When we come back, uh, some trade rumors and a little dunk contest talk. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. Hit the like button if you haven't already. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube to everybody joining us live here in the stream team. Okay, before we get to trade rumors, we did have some more dunk contest participant news over the weekend. Delaware Blue Coats guard Mac McClung, who, some of you might say, has accepted an invitation to be in the slam dunk contest at All-Star Weekend in Salt Lake City. This is from our guy Shams Sharanya at The Athletic. Here's what you need to know about Mac. Uh, he's going to be the first ever G League player in the dunk contest, in the NBA dunk contest. He's six foot two. Um, his dunks have been attracting some attention, at least since his college days. And if you're a real dunk sicko, maybe even his uh, high school mixtape, guy can throw down despite being pretty small. He now joins Rockets forward KJ Martin and Blazers rookie Shaden Sharp in the contest. So we're still looking for our fourth, at least official word, of our fourth guy. But what was your reaction to, to Mac McClung, a G League guy, going in the NBA dunk contest? I see some people were like, oh, great, cool. Like, you know, we obviously know he can dunk. Who knows what he can do in a contest? We'll see. But, like, other people are like, what? It's gotten this – we've gotten this desperate. We can't even find NBA players to go in this thing, so we now got to go to the G League. Like, I feel like there's two camps to this. Well, he can fly. I'm familiar with this high school mixtape, and I've been a Mac McClung knower ever since. Riff Raff said they were cousins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turns out they're not. No? It's one of the many things Riff Raff has lied oh, about. He also oh. didn't use to play for the Lakers, as it turns out, or the Mavericks. Never made it to the NBA. <laughs> Riff Raff. Riff Raff. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, He's always lying. But uh, Mac McClung, he's a former bull. I believe that. I'll give him my jacket. He can be a Delaware blue coat. <laughs> but my main reaction was the Sixers should be forced to call him up if he's going to be in the dunk contest. Yeah, that's the weird part. Just yeah. call him up. It's what? like when the Suns brought up Derek Jones Jr. Yeah. two weeks before yeah. the dunk contest so they could have a representative there doing sweet dunks. Go do some sweet dunks, but doing a Sixers uni. That was my first reaction. The G League is a minor league of the NBA. He could be called up. Mm-hmm. He could be purchased by anybody if mm-hmm. the Sixers don't want him or traded or whatever. But the NBA wants this. The NBA wants yeah. a little spotlight on the G League. The NBA wants to make G League more well-known. I, I can't decide if this is a good thing or a bad thing. What if he comes in and wins the thing? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because the conversation about a G Leaguer beats the NBA players in a dunk contest. But at the same time... Does that motivate NBA players to go in it? I doubt it. (laughs) I I, I doubt it. The guy can fly. I don't think this is a James White situation where it's too late for him to win a dunk contest. I can't can't decide if this is good or bad, though. It goes both ways. I think we're the biggest G League fans in Atlanta down here. We've all gone to a game. (laughs) It's been exciting. We were hoping to see Scoot in a couple months. But I I don't like it. There's a fourth NBA player that could do it. And do it fine. So I just I just don't really get it. There's a G League dunk contest. There's a G League All-Star game happening uh, before the NBA All-Star game. You're just kind of giving up, I guess. I know. Is, that, is what that's what like. some people think is happening here. It's like, wow, we can't even get NBA. We can't even find four NBA guys to actually go in this. Now, maybe that's not the case. Maybe the NBA, like, they, yeah, they want to promote the G League a little more. Mac McClung has made it clear he wants to go in, whatever it is, like, they, they want to showcase. Like, if he puts on a show, like, nobody will really care, I think is the thing. Like, if he goes on to win it in in a great contest, like, battling Sharp or Katie Martin, whoever the fourth is, like, if there's at least two or three guys, like, putting on a show that night in Salt Lake City, then I think it's fine. If it's a dud like last year, let's be honest, that was really disappointing and people struggling with dunks and it was a bore... And he would w- and he would go on to win it. Then that would be bad, 
that then then I think it looks really really bad. But then right. the other part of me is like a lot of people are like let's get professional dunkers in this too. Like let's just put on a show. D- does this like is this one step for us to getting to those professional dunkers that do this for a living to maybe having one of them in it too? Is that good or bad? I don't know. So it's sort of like a wait and see here. And we just pray like any dunk contest, two guys are putting down their dunks on that particular night and are sort of going at it and gets the arena into it and the fans. This is the closest we've seen so far to professional dunkers in the dunk contest. I agree on that one, but I don't want to see that personally. Uh, G League is a lot closer to the NBA than professional dunker is. So I prefer this than, you know, a Jordan Kilgannon or whatever. Yeah, and we'll we'll wait to find out who the fourth is. Uh, I know there are some rumblings that it could be Obi Toppin defending his dunk title. Yes, he did win last year. You may have forgotten that. Uh, we were sitting right at this table watching it, were we not? Yep. Uh, yeah, live yeah, with everybody, yeah, hopefully, that joined us on YouTube. Uh, there's a lot of push for his teammate, Jericho Sims, to be the fourth guy. And I don't know if there's anyone else's name out there. I mean, everybody wants John Morant, but... <laughs> not now. <laughs> it's not happening. Not now, especially with the G League guy. Yeah. yeah. We're veering off course, I think. I know we... Every year that we have a bad year, we just say, well, the dunk contest is done. But if we go on the G League route, mm-hmm. I- I'm concerned if Mac McClung wins it, that this just becomes the best dunkers between both leagues. Like, maybe NBA players just don't want to do it anymore. Like, this is this – is, we're at a point here where NBA players don't really want to do it. Then no, they well, may, NBA then they stars may... don't want to do it. We know that. That's yeah. been about five years running. Yeah, I mean that's almost the last time that we had a, a good dunk contest. It was it was 2016 that we had a great one, great show. But now we may be saying, okay, the pool is now G leaguers, you know, in a couple of years, and NBA players who might want to go in it. The okay, ha- well the then, then, then here's the question: Would you rather there is no dunk contest on that Saturday night at All Star Weekend, or would you rather at least we have some dunkers, be it G League or professional dunkers, whoever we have to like dwindle down to? Which one do you want? No dunks? Huh. Or some dunks? <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> Oddly, I want dunks, even though we have a podcast called No Dunks. As much as I hate the, the, the time we've had since Zach Levine's show against Aaron Gordon, I think we just got to grin and bear it <laughs> and just deal with NBA players who want to do it. And one day there will be a great dunker. Shaden Sharp could of do course, it. Of course, that's Shaden the thing. Sharp could do it this year as an NBA player. And... If Mac McClung was just called up, then we'd have four NBA players. <laughs> Call him up. Call him up. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. All right. Uh, let's get into some trade rumors. Our guy Shams at the Athletic, he just dropped his uh, you know classic inside pass a couple hours before we went live here. We won't get into uh, some of the details in Shams' article just quite yet. Maybe tomorrow, maybe later this week. But it's a lot of the same names. Let's just say that, right? Okay, it's it's your Jakob Pertles and, and your Van Vliet's and stuff like that. But we did have some rumors from Mark Stein, very plugged in, NBA reporter. First one is the Cavs weighing a three-way <laughs> trade with the Hawks and the Jazz for Malik Beasley. And so according to Stein, the Cavs are weighing this three-way trade that could send Hawks forward John Collins, there's that name again, to the Jazz, <laughs> Malik Beasley to the Cavs, and then from Stein's reporting, Karis LeVert and that expiring basically $19 million deal, um, that would be moving away from Cleveland sort of as the obvious trade chip. So uh, I guess probably making its way to the Hawks in this scenario. Ooh. All right, John Collins to Utah, Malik Beasley to Cleveland, uh, Karis LeVert to Atlanta. That's, you know, that's the idea of this three-way trade being reported from Mike, Mark Stein. Any thoughts? Love it for the Cavs. Malik Beasley and his eight threes per game. Yeah, you want that on your roster. Attempts, you mean. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. eight threes per game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway. Great. He shoots him at a decent clip. Like, oh, I mean, yeah, 36? Like that? Is he? Oh, I thought he was yeah, a little bit lower. But anyway. I think okay. he's a 40, man. Um, you want guys to spread the floor. They've had question marks with the small forward spot. I'm still an Isaac Okoro fan. Great move, though. Jazz, John Collins, great move. The Hawks, you like that? Yeah. Give it a shot. Why the heck not? You've, you've got a, a runway here of a couple of years where you can just try things out because your salary cap is so low. Mm-hmm. Why not give it a whirl? He's, yeah. he's under contract. They seem to be doing some marvelous things with Markinen, obviously. Malik Beasley is great right now. 
Jordan Clarkson. Things are working out pretty well. The Hawks situation, I just don't really get. Karis LeVert is a very, very talented guy, mm-hmm. but it's an expiring deal, and you'd basically be getting a rental for John Collins. I think it would turn from a rental to a long-term deal, and who knows how it's going to work mm-hmm. out. The front office here with the Hawks is uh, is under much scrutiny. Great articles on The Athletic about what's happening there. Tony Ressler, the owner, has given a lot of power to his 27-year-old son, Nick Ressler, who does not have any NBA experience uh, in, in terms of management. Landry Fields, 34-year-old GM, has come in. They're just hiring guys left and right that don't have a lot of experience. I don't know what's happening. And I think this would be a move seemingly that would start uh, – would fit in with what they're doing. And that's not a good one, I don't think. I, I love Karis LeVert, but I, I think you're just – you're signing up for years of question marks. Mm-hmm. Like, you just don't – after this DeJounte Murray deal, you gave away all these picks. Well, maybe some draft capital would come back in this hypothetical three-team trade. And maybe we make so a little too much about the draft picks that went out for DeJounte Murray because one was a Charlotte pick and all that. But still – uh, I'm worried about this team. This team is not playing well, and you're just going to add another long-term deal, and I'm just not sure. I, again, it's a rental, and it could turn into a long-term deal. It seems like a Hoxie move. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Trey, of this uh, reported Stein three-team deal? Hawks would have to get picks back, yeah. I do believe, because the entire reason they would be doing this is not a rental for Levert. It would be to get off the deal for John Collins, yeah. so you don't have to pay him long-term. But for this season, they would be getting, of the three guys we're talking about here, Beasley, Collins, and Levert. For me, Karis Levert is probably the worst. He's certainly the oldest, and he doesn't have a contract after this year. So if you're moving John Collins, like your most movable piece who's been in trade rumors for the past three seasons, I think the Hawks could do a little bit better than that to help them on the court. I like John Collins on the Jazz. Markinen and Collins, similar type players. They can play inside, they can play outside. The Jazz have really found something, having a ton of space, basically running five out every single possession down there. The good inside-outside duo between those two. And the Cavs are targeting a shooter here. It is weird, Malik Beasley. I thought he was a 40% shooter. 40% 40% from the field, unfortunately. Yeah, 36, 36 from three, yeah. But he shoots him. But he shoots a lot, yeah. He shoots him, and the Cavs way. need yeah. shooting right now. They're a middle-of-the-road team, but it's between Malik Beasley. They're targeting Tim Hardaway Jr., Doug McDermott, Boyan Bogdanovich. Clearly, they want somebody who's going to stretch the floor yeah. on the outside. And I think Beasley would be fine. It'd probably be a platoon with Isaac Okoro. Okoro was great guarding C.J. McCollum in the fourth quarter of uh, the Cavs' win over the Pelicans. But that guy can't shoot. Mm-hmm. You can use him defensively if you've got a guy who can shoot when you need him. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I like this. Makes some sense, uh, especially yeah. for the Cavs and the Jazz. Maybe less so for the Hawks, but I think there would be some uh, some picks of some sort coming back their way if this were to happen. I guess I was. I, you're right. Thirty five percent. He was great to start the season. Last ten games, he's at twenty eight percent from three. He's yeah. dri- he's, he's dropped cooled off. off. But yeah. he, like, but again, that idea. You know, just being a threat, like the guy, the guy's going to let it fly. Like eight, eight attempts per game is no joke. Uh, all right, next one here from, uh, also from Stein. Tess, I think you're going to like this one. Clippers are interested in a trade for Mike Conley. You're I mean, right, Skates. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you think about this? Uh, and, and Stein says, you know, the idea, John Wall's injured right now, you know, hasn't played all that great there. He's got this, I, I believe it's a, an ab injury. He's going to be out for a couple weeks. Um, yeah, could Conley be... Uh, a smooth play here by the Clips trying to get him. Absolutely. They've also been you know contemplating whether Reggie Jackson is going to be in the starting lineup. He's he's played to the gone to the bench a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm a Mike Conley lover. He's a stabilizer. I know he's not had the best season uh, with Utah, but it would be a perfect fit. And I do think the Clippers kind of have to go for it. And going for it doesn't mean trading Kawhi or Paul George. But here in year four of this experiment, you got to try and get better. So I think that would help them get better. It would stabilize that point guard position uh, for sure. It doesn't, you know, make them better in what in in terms of exactly what they need. They need a guy who can get to the rim. Uh, but at least he would get the ball to the right guys, and you know, he is a a guy who will organize extremely well when you have the injury, as you said, to John Wall and, and the Reggie Jackson situation there. So yeah, this is the kind of move that is going for it for them. Uh, they would they also need a backup big, but um, they also have Moses Brown playing again, a seven two wonder uh, <laughs> in a, that backup role. But Conley would be an improvement. 
Conley is having a rough season shooting the ball. He's shooting 38%, uh, which really, when you look at just full seasons he's played, there was that one year where he didn't play a lot and shot worse than that with Memphis, but otherwise, this is his worst when it comes to shooting the ball. But do you think he could help the Clippers as that sort of like just vet point guard in playoff series, you know, just running the offense, taking care of them? He's still scrappy enough on the defense. And what do you think? Uh, he would help the Clippers because they need a point guard with John Wallhart and Reggie Jackson struggling, but. He- Conley's older than both of those guys. He's more expensive than both of those guys. He's on a longer deal. So to me, the Clippers should not use their limited assets that they actually have to go after Mike Conley. Uh, He's not going to really move the needle for him. Just another old guy who misses a lot of time. And the Clippers have enough of that. I think they need more size. They've just got so many wings. They've got so many guys who all play the same positions that they need to figure out some sort of balance here. And I don't think that... uh, making a move to bring in another 35-year-old is the, mm-hmm. the yeah. way to go. I didn't know Mike Conley was signed through next year. It's a real Kyle Lowry, got your money situation mm-hmm. here. Good move, Conley. Yeah, I think the idea would be, though he's not even close to the level of player that Drew Holiday is, is like when the Bucks made that move for Drew Holiday, get that 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 point guard. I mean, again, he's just so much better than Conley at this point of his career. Uh, and and Drew Holiday was much much younger even still. He was like maybe just knocking on 30 when that deal goes down, when he goes uh, from the Pelicans to the Bucks. That's the, that's the thinking, though. Yeah, Lowry-like, I guess, but uh, depends how much would be going back to the right. Jazz. And will, and will the Jazz, you know, now that they've fallen a little bit in the standings, like they're going to be a team to watch here, like just what they do, what route they go. Trading Conley, trading Clarkson, and just leaning into really the marketing and Kessler front court of the future. <laughs> Will they do that? Uh, final one here. I teased it off the top. CJ McCollum uh, foreshadowed on his podcast hmm. that the Raptors trade, or excuse me, that the Raptors, there's a lot of rumblings around trading potential guys. Now, he didn't want to name names, but then everybody started like going, hold on, hold on. He used to play with Gary Trent Jr. in Portland. Oh, he knows Fred Van Vliet oh so well. He's the president of the Players Association. He knows all these guys. Who's he talking about? Should he be allowed to say this? Uh, I mean, I think it got made into a, a bigger story than it was because he didn't really say anything that that nobody already didn't know, right? That, hey, the Raptors might trade some of their core pieces here because they've been pretty disappointing this season. But do you have thoughts on CJ adding a little fuel to the fire here in Raptors land? Uh, he's a calculated individual. I don't think he would just let that out if there wasn't some meaty substance to it. Okay. There is something tangible going to – is definitely going to happen, I think. And he knows that. That's all. Who it is, I don't know. I, I think he wouldn't have uh, let it slip because he knows what tampering is. He, and, and Yeah, he's uh, doing it. Yeah, I, I suppose. Um, but he's a player and they can get away with it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Trent Jr. is getting traded. That's what you think here. Absolutely. They were teammates. Yep, yep. And it feels like Gary Trent Jr. isn't going to get paid by the Raptors. Right. I can see you being upset about that, especially being the guy who's in trade rumors all the time. So uh, I imagine CJ is tied in with the Raptors because him and Gary Trent Jr. probably still have each other's phone numbers. So Gary on the move would be my guess. I think, uh, I believe it was Bobby Marks threw out a hypothetical trade that could have had a Gary Trent Jr. going to the Pelicans. Uh, team up there with CJ once again. <laughs> Devontae Graham, Jackson Hayes, and a future pick for Gary Trent Jr. is what Bobby Marks threw out, I believe, in his latest article when he was going through all the Eastern Conference teams and a trade he would like to see. That wasn't reporting or anything. It was just like mm. him looking at the pieces here. That's the hottest type of package from the Pelicans, those guys that are barely in the rotation. Right. Trade them. Improve a slight, a, a little bit, just a little bit. I mean, Gary's a good offensive player yeah i wonder where he finds the minutes in that rotation yeah yeah uh because there's just they're so deep so i don't know if they mess with that i get what i get the move but i'm not sure they would they would they would mess with that we 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 throw out the eric gordon to the pelicans hypothetical for a similar type package mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the raps could use a jackson hayes jackson with an x they need a center absolutely they need a center but uh, i don't know I don't think you so. You just believe CJ here that uh, he does know somebody on the Raps are getting, is getting moved here in the next <laughs> couple weeks as we get closer and closer to the deadline. Sounded yeah, like what, does what does he know? What does <laughs> he know? He talked to somebody on the Raps like, yeah, I'm probably getting moved, man. It's or, probably going to happen. Do you think it happens when they're on the court? Blazers just – or not the Blazers. Uh, Pels play the, the Raps, and uh, they just say it on the court. Like, we hate each other. 
<laughs> I don't know about Somebody's that. getting moved. Well, I don't know about so, that. so Gary just tells him, yeah, they're going to trade me. Yeah, Gary, they that's know? That's probably how it works. All right. Friends talk to friends, and agents obviously might. I don't know who. I don't know who's repping both those guys or whatever stuff like that. Like they know stuff for sure. We know it's being discussed. It's just whether they can. Uh, whoever the two parties are can agree on the deal that makes everybody s- seem like they're the winner. Maybe. It's always the tough part here. Yeah, we'll wait to find out. All right, more trade rumors uh, later this week. If I'm being honest, there's nothing like really all that new and juicy. I guess Pertle in the uh, latest Shams article. <laughs> he did, Shams is saying it's feeling more and more likely that the Spurs and the Hornets are going to be your active sellers here at the deadline. I mean, two of the worst teams in the league. The two worst teams Teams that should lean into obviously continuing to be bad and trying to get anything back and picks or young players. That makes sense. You know, and does that mean it's Kelly Oubre Jr. or it's a Plum Dog or it's Pirtle or Doug McDermott or Richardson? I mean, that's probably what it's going to be. It's going to be one, two, or three of those guys being moved here in some of these deadline deals. That's why every report is that teams are monitoring the Raptors and Bulls to see if they're going to tank because they want actually good players. They're better players, yeah. yes. Yeah. yes that's they don't want a Plumley. <laughs> Nobody wants a Plumley. Nobody wants a Plum Dog <laughs> uh-huh. anymore, right? Man, if the Raptors can get a first-round pick, though, for Gary Trent Jr., that'd be nice. Mm. Get one back. That's what it cost them, right? Did they? Norman Powell? Plus the first. Who got the pick in that? I don't think there was a pick exchange, was there? Oh, wow. I thought there was a pick attached in there somewhere, but there was a hood the attached. Raptors have all there, so that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, maybe it was the other way. Uh, let's take our final break when we come back. Pick em results from a long, long time ago and a couple Tweet of the Nights. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. All right, pick'em results from Friday night, which was an eternity ago. Uh, it was that Warriors-Spurs game in the Alamo Dome. They did it! Congrats on the record-breaking attendance. What was it in the end? Over 68,000, I think they said. I was going to say 63, but... Oh, uh, no, I think it got uh, up maybe to Maybe 68, 300 and something. Yeah, there's I think threes, so. There's threes, there's eights. I like... Did you see some of the photos where uh, people were sitting? <gasps> Pretty far. Wow! <laughs> Pretty far. You could barely see, like, the jumbo screen. That they had multiple screens. You got a number there? What was it? I'm seeing 68323. There you go. Wow, that's a lot of people. Yep. Uh, And I thought because of that, the Spurs are going to keep this close (laughs) for all 68,000 in attendance. Uh, Instead, they got walloped. They got hammered. It's an L for me. I'm 3-7 and seven here in January. Just brutal. You guys took the Warriors. They covered that uh, 8.5-point spread by, by like 25-plus. Tassus 5-5. Five five. Trey, a very nice 8-2 and two here in January. Only four games on tonight. Where are we going? Yeah, TNT doubleheader tonight. Starts off with Toronto-Milwaukee and ends with Philly and the Clippers. Philly is a 1.5 favorite on the road in L.A. This L.A. team that was picked 
by the majority of the media in the media survey to represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals recently. This LA team, if they're going to do that, then they got to start doing it now. The, the Sixers, well, they could win and not cover this line because uh, they win by one point a lot. Uh, they beat the Lakers just recently there by that one-point win. Also against the Jazz, back-to-back one-point wins there. So they could cover. Skeets, or I'm sorry, Trey thinks that uh, they will win by two or more. Well, we think the uh, the Clippers will cover or win. Skeets, why why you got the Clippers? I have no there? clue, man. I got no feel on this one at all. I was just confused. You said the Bucks Raptors. Yeah, start tonight. Yeah, Tonti and T. Didn't they just play on, on a nationally televised TV. game? Was it maybe an ESPN game? But that not long a, ago, right? That was an ESPN. Yeah, that was, that was this, like the this ugly. Month. Yeah, thirteen to eleven first quarter, or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. That well, everyone turned it that off. That wasn't long yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. Crazy comeback at the end. Oh, so we get another taste of that tonight, maybe. <laughs> Is Giannis <laughs> playing? No, I don't think so. No. I very, very much not. I think he's lo- yeah. missing his third straight game to uh, the knee soreness. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Okay. All right. Well, uh, good luck to everybody in that Clippers-Sixers game. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. <clears throat> Excuse me. Voices going here. A uh, couple tweet of the nights. First one from at Brax the Creator, who tweeted at us on the weekend, guys. Here I was, I made a pizza and everything, ready to bask in the OKC glory of the best of the weekend. And to my surprise, alas, no episode. <laughs> I have been crying on my couch for the last hour. I hope you are ashamed of yourselves. Yeah, replying to me there and, and the No Dunks Twitter account um, because we didn't have a show yesterday on MLK Day took the date off usually would do our monday winners and losers of the nba weekend and, and brax the creator was like for sure you would have had okc as a winner of the weekend and he's right i mean this is unfortunate timing <laughs> on okc's yeah. part they uh they finished out their four game road trip with two more wins over that weekend they beat the bulls by 14 on friday night then they beat the nets in brooklyn by 10 on sunday josh giddy He's on one right now. He's balling. Offensively, something has clicked for that guy. He's uh, tallied at least 20 points in eight of his last 12 games, including three straight games uh, to uh, finish that Thunder road trip. You know, SGA still balling out. These guys are putting up a lot of points. He had a career high. Giddy did 28 on Sunday against the uh, Nets as he flirted with a triple-double. OKC's won five of their last six games, and they are right there knocking on the play-in door. And thank God we had him in play-in potential when we did our tears, Great boys. Call. What Great a call. call. We bumped him up. Uh, one tier, yeah. They're they're a game and a half out of the sixth spot in the Western Conference. Okay, see is. Those dudes so. are throwbacks. The ball handlers, Gideon, SGA. They don't shoot threes. That's right. They want to get in the paint. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Gideon's a big boy too. Large he's, man. Uh, I think he even talked about like uh, he's like trying to cut out the uh, floater that he was like trying to do early in his NBA career. Here he's like, I'm 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 a big dude. I can take the contact. I can finish a, you know. Not over these guys because he's not, you know, uh, putting anyone on a poster, but at least take that contact and finish inside with that touch. He's got that Australian strength. I'm convinced every Australian person is very, very strong. I agree. They don't know it. They got to uh, fight kangaroos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe that's you a gotta part of it. got to have strong arms for that. I saw also that the Bulls called him Timothy Chalamet, so now he's calling himself Himothy Chalamet. Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Shea Gilgis Alexander. <laughs> Him and her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Women are bosses too, man. So there you go, Brax. Uh, just want to show a little love to OKC, who are uh, they're clicking right now. Uh, but the second tweet of the night from at W Slam, Maya Moore, over the weekend officially announced her retirement. Look at some of the accolades here: four-time WNBA champ, 2013 Finals MVP, 2014 WNBA MVP, six-time WNBA All-Star, three-time All-Star of the uh, uh, MVP, excuse me, of the game itself. She also won two titles in college. Just a winner, Maya Moore. Uh, and says there, uh, thank you, Maya, for what you've done for this game, and more importantly, what you've done for this world. And in case you forgot, she walked away from the WNBA in 2018 to fight for a wrongly convicted man's freedom. And won. And that's married all him. she does. And then married him. Amazing stuff. And there was a tweet going around, I forgot to grab it, like, her, like, her record in any basketball game she's ever played and it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like something like she's won like at every level right 
like, I forget what it was, 85% of her games, something stupid, just wins. I mean, she's oh, she one did. of the greatest players ever, so yeah. obviously in high school, her teams were awesome, but I feel like she won four state titles in high school or something like that and just kept winning, winning, winning to the point where it got boring. She had to go fight legal battles. <laughs> and won those, those as well. So, yeah. yeah, Maya Moore, one of the GOATs. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Off the court, she kicked ass. It, it wasn't just uh, freeing that wrongfully prisoned man, but as the Aces Sydney Colson tweeted, a, a great a great tweet from her. I love how Maya Moore took off six years unannounced, had five kids, opened four law firms worldwide, and three local daycares, all while working to free one man from prison whom she would later marry and write a book with. And then she says she's retiring. Goat behavior. <laughs> on her sked. Yep, done absolutely. and done. Uh, all right, that's it for today's show. Thanks for joining us. If you join us live on YouTube, we appreciate it. Hit the like button, subscribe, and uh, share the show with your friends as we... Now start our new quest of 70,000 subs on YouTube. Reminder to check out Is This Good? It went up yesterday. The Ringers was joining Matty O and JD to talk about a number of topics. I guess, JD, you talked a lot about your, uh, your, your travel fun over the holidays. Is that correct? I haven't had a chance to listen to this yet. Uh, yeah, uh, we, we only had was for about a half hour. Okay. So uh, the second half of the show is just... Me and Matt shooting the shit about Europe. Oh, I can't wait to listen to that. That's, that's all I need to hear. To dig into Is This Good? That's available on YouTube if you want to watch that as well or download and listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. We're uh, back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern, here from the Class Factory, here for the remainder of the week. So we hope you join us. Till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, I feel like this could be a topic on Is This Good? I think it's they're branching out. Matt, Matt Brandt and JD are branching out. Just Europe. Is Europe? this good? Wow, that's a... <laughs> I think they would do All-encompassing topic. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what you did for the second segment, JD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Europe. Is it good? Tune in to find ah, out. Great tease. All right. Brace the day, people. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.